welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey guys, so good to be here together. Welcome to the Wilco Podcast episode something. Not really sure where we're at. Doesn't matter, but we're really excited. Um, as I look in the face of an incredible person and friends, uh, you guys would know him well. His name's Matt McCoy, founder of Loop Community. Uh, Matt, it's always such a joy just to chat with you. You have such a capacity to love people and you have such a pastoral heart that has always blessed me that in the way that you see people and just the intentionality of how you share and how you view the world and how you just really care for worship leaders and help move the kingdom of God forward. So mm. we're going to get right to it with Matt. Welcome, Matt. It's so good to have you. Thanks, Jenny. It's good to be here again. Yeah. Good to see it's you. Be so, so awesome. Um, but I actually asked Matt if he would help unpack uh, a little bit. Um, we did this a couple of weeks ago, you guys, um, and we actually had a lot of good feedback about it. Uh, I'm packing a post that was written two or three weeks ago now, things that we might have not learned when we were in ministry school. So you might be listening and say, well, I didn't go to ministry school. You know, maybe I shouldn't listen to this episode. No, whether you went to ministry school or uh, whether you didn't go to ministry school, um, we all are realizing that we're learning things that we maybe didn't know when we were younger. So whether you learned it, you know, from a textbook my yeah. my experience in life though has just been to you know get on the horse and ride yeah right get on the horse and ride and i think matt actually had some things that he would like to share from his heart on things that he might not have learned at a young age or things that he's learned on the way or even things that maybe he's learned from scraping his knees a little bit and yeah. uh, this is part of what this is about is if we can help uh, a younger generation you know maybe not fall in some of the the potholes that we might have fallen mm -hmm. and stumbled in, although, you know, those will never be yeah. avoidable as they shouldn't be. But um, yeah, we're here to help you. So Matt, what do you got to share today? Some thoughts? So it's a good question. I love the whole idea of what did we not learn in worship ministry school? I didn't go yeah. to worship ministry school. I actually went to a, a state university and studied computers. Right. Um, but before college, I always just, I knew I just wanted to lead worship. That was, that was what I wanted to do. And it's funny because actually I chose a college over, instead of how some people like look for a college and then they get admitted and they, then they start looking for a church to belong to. I actually did it the other way around where I started looking for churches that I wanted to be a part of. And when I found the church I really wanted to be a part of, I went there and then I'm like, well, what schools are around here? And I went to the University of Cincinnati. Um, so it was all based around a church, but I just knew I wanted to lead worship. And it is amazing how, so I've been leading worship now for most of my life. I mean, probably 20, <laughs> 22, 23 years. And it's amazing how much you learn just in doing it. 
and scraping your knees, as you say. And when you asked this question, I wrote down a few things that personally I've had to kind of <laughs> deal with. And um, number one, what I'd like to say, so I have three of them. Number one is resolve conflict before you lead. Oh, before so you head to church on Sunday morning for that rehearsal, resolve conflict. And, you know, this comes from personal experience in that there's nothing harder, I feel like, than leading worship when there's something in the back of your mind that you know went south, that you probably could have made right, that you didn't. So maybe it's an argument with your spouse, you know, like right as you're like leaving or that morning or the night before, and maybe it's just completely unresolved. And then you get in the car and you head to church and you're just like, oh, the last thing I want to do right now is lead worship. And I actually had that feeling not long ago, like three weeks ago. And I told my wife, I was like, the <laughs> I actually do not want to lead worship right now because of this unresolved, you know, conflict. And I'm like, we need to talk about this and, and solve this, <laughs> or at least just acknowledge that it's there and be like, let's come back to this. Like, I want to solve this. Let's come back to this, you know, Sunday afternoon. But when you have this conflict hanging, and it could be with your pastor, it could be with a coworker, could be with a family member that comes to your church or a friend that comes to your church. Um, when you have that hanging over your head, it makes it really hard to lead effectively and be all in. I'm sure you've experienced that yeah. as well. And, you know, I think of the scripture in Matthew 5, when Jesus says very clearly, <laughs> so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, and then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. Mm -hmm. And that verse always pops in my mind when I'm heading to church <laughs> and there's something unresolved. And I'm like, you know what? The more important thing to do here is to solve this conflict or at least to acknowledge it and tell the person I want to resolve it. Um, because, I mean, Jesus says that's an important thing. He's like, leave your, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go deal with that first, then come back. Right. And uh, so have, I would just encourage people to have important conversations early in the week, like way before Sunday or after Sunday, you know, like a Monday, I guess it all comes around anyway. So it's, mm -hmm. but just resolve it as early as you can before Sunday morning. And you're going to be so much better in a more positioned in a place to really lead effectively with your heart and mind open to what God's doing. Oh, good, Matt. So clear. You really thought about that. That was awesome. I think that's a, it's definitely one that I've, I've experienced. And um, it's, I remember too, my dad was a pastor um, of a church and I remember him always like saying that it was really hard if he and my mom if my mom would like maybe go to him 20 minutes before he's about to get up on stage and like say something or maybe start up some sort of conversation that probably isn't the right timing. It's like, okay, maybe let's just like have that. That's great. I want to hear from you. I want to talk about this, but maybe don't bring that kind of stuff to me. Like right when I'm about to go up on stage. Right. And so it kind of goes both ways in that like, you have to kind of also like help people in your life to know that, you know, let's have like hard conversations on Monday. 
Totally. Or yeah, Tuesday. totally. Girls can be really uh, awesome yeah. at that. I like what you said. You had, because I feel like right now people are like, but what about this? But what about that? And you touched on something that reminded me, like, I could always have this vivid story or moment in my mind. And we were living at Calgary at the time. And my husband and I had a really big blow up. This was, I feel like sometimes Sunday mornings can be yeah. anointed for this with your spouse. So if anyone's feeling alone, you are not alone. Okay. You are not alone, but what are we going to do in that moment? Right. Yeah. And I can remember cause we were both on worship that day. And cause my husband's always been my lead guitar player, not this season, but mm -hmm. in the past. And, um, we looked at each other and we're like, this is really bad. <laughs> like, this yeah. is really bad. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. so, you know, just thinking of even like blessed are the peacemakers, right? Yeah. And just looking at each other, gave him a hug, gave him a kiss. I can't remember. And I just said, I love you. I want you to know that we don't have time to talk about right. this right now, but I right. don't want to take this. I want there to be a wall but that we would know that we're going to come back to this yeah. Sunday afternoon. And you don't have to solve it all no. right there. It's just acknowledging totally. it. And that is, it's, it's the intent behind it. Right. Totally. totally. And I don't know, I have a hard time not doing that because I feel like a phony. If I start leading these, I just feel, and maybe that's just like my own personal convictions, but I right. feel like as I'm singing these songs, you know, like, and I can't even think of one right now, but like, of course you're singing a song that's about like forgiveness or something. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm singing the song because that's the lyrics of the song and the lyrics are on the screen, yeah. but I totally feel like a phony because totally. I know that I've got something that I need to deal with and right. I can't be up. And it's horrible to like too, to be up on stage leading worship. And you know, that the person that maybe <laughs> you've offended or you have some sort of problem, you know, in between you is out in the congregation. Oh, like I know watching. you can feel it. Like, and they're probably like, pew, he's pew, such pew. a phony. <laughs> So like, just deal with it beforehand. It's so important. Yeah, totally good. Okay. All right. The second one I've got, I was thinking about this, is worship leading begins long before you get on the stage. If you haven't built, and this goes a couple of different directions. If you haven't built relationships with the people that you're leading, your worship leadership won't be as effective as it could be in a church community setting. So people will follow people they know like so much easier. And I'm not saying it's not, it's like impossible, like a first time visitor, of course, could you could lead them. But if you're in a church community, people, if they know you, if they have a relationship with you, if they know your story, if, you, if they know that you know them, they are much more apt to actually follow your leadership. And I just think it's so important. And that's so that starts way earlier. So if you like even rewind earlier in the week, Monday through Friday, how are you in the office with your church staff? Like, right. how are you with your pastor? Are you like a total pain to work with? Are you moody all the time? Are you disrespectful to other people in the staff? Mm -hmm. That matters. And that's, and if you're not, <laughs> because those people are probably in the congregation, you know, that you work with them. Right. You're leading them in worship. Well, that starts way earlier and it's how you're treating them during the week. Are you involved in a church small group? Do you know people? Do you have relationships? Do they know you? Are you hiding in the green room all weekend? Or do people only see you when you're on the stage? Like what if you stood at the front door 
and greeted people as they walk into church. Get to know them, like shake their hand and be like, hey, I'm so glad you're at church this morning. And that could go such a long way when like now all of a sudden they see you on stage like 10 minutes later and you're asking them to like, you know, um, maybe if they feel comfortable to lift their hands or like, or to say a prayer with you. I mean, they are way more apt to follow you and trust you and your leadership. If they feel like you, they have some sort of connection, be a parking lot attendant for 30 minutes before the service, just go throw a vest on and like help the guys like park cars, uh, work at the coffee bar for like 10 minutes, you know? before before service i just think there's things you can do um before you even get on the stage that are worship leading and um those are all important things to think about so good oh so good i love it i was thinking about that a couple weeks ago actually but you said that way better than than my thoughts in my mind that was good i mean it goes it could go deeper too I mean, that's kind of surface level. That's more of like leading people. But I think you could also take it at a deeper level in that, and we've all heard it say, like, you can't lead people somewhere you've never been yourself. Like, you can't take someone on a tour of something that you've never done before. You've never been there before. And um, so also worship leading begins before you hit the stage in that you've got to worship You've got to lead yourself in worship during the week, Monday through Friday. Like, what are you doing to actually like really lead yourself, your heart, your mind, your spirit into the presence of God so that then you're filled and able to lead other people. And so it begins way, way before you get on the stage. It begins when you're in a basement corner with your guitar, flipping through your songbook, your Bible, and just singing songs to God, you know, one-on-one audience of one. So way before the stage way before the stage and just to rewind about 60 seconds um you guys don't blow in and blow out don't just like show up do your thing and leave you know yeah you know like you're talking about like jump in on welcome team or greeting whatever you guys want to call it but first impressions but don't be afraid to go talk to people before you leave like pray for them love them Mm -hmm. you know it's something that we've been bringing up at team huddle on sunday mornings is you know, I've been instructing the people that lead it, like every time we're together, let's get it in there that we are here to love people well. Yeah. That's what we do. But yeah, love Jesus well, yeah. obviously, but we're going to love people well. You yeah. know, if we don't know who we're singing to, they don't know us. Right. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? We're just like these, I don't know. You know, I don't know, legends in their own minds. I don't think so. I think sometimes we do things unknowingly, but let's be cognizant about why, about yeah. why we're here and, and who we're and, doing this for. And that's the beauty and a huge benefit of being a part of a community. Like if you're on right. staff at a church, that means you're leading people, the same people week after week after week. And if you're not actually getting to know those people and building a relationship with them, that's mm-hmm. a major miss um, in like what you could you're you're just it's just not reaching the full potential you're then just up there leading songs like a playlist and totally um and hopefully people are following you but there's so much more than just the music and that's where i'm always like people over the music like the people on your team matter more than the music and what i mean by that is that like the people on your team matter way more than them how they're performing, how perfectly they play the song, how great you sound or whatever. The people actually matter. And so, you know, sometimes 
you know, you've been in rehearsal and people like get berated, like drummer, like, oh, you got to get that part right. And, and it kind of can make that person feel really bad, but it's like, okay, well, let's really like get perspective here. Let's get like, what really matters here? <laughs> is it that right. he nailed that part perfectly? Or is it just that like, he's there happy to serve, happy to be a part. You've got, he's a friend. Um, we just need to remember that. Like, this is like the body of Christ and okay. it's not, of course we want to do our best, but it's not about perfection. So, it's not. so we went a little bit on a tangent there, but <laughs> no, it's good. But you know, uh, we're leading worship far beyond, far before yeah. Sundays, you guys far yeah. before it and everything, yeah. you know, may God just give us eyes to really see that. Yeah. Hey, you got number three. I've got another one. Hey. Um, and this is, so it's your job to lead, but not your job to change hearts. And I'm going to break this down into two different pieces. So let's, let's start on the, it's not your job to change hearts part. Mm. Only God can do the speaking and stirring in someone's heart that actually brings change. Sometimes as worship leaders, we think that we, for some reason, are responsible for that or um, like that that's our job. Mm -hmm. But that's crazy. And don't carry that weight. That is way too heavy mm -hmm. of a burden to carry. Don't carry that. Give it to God. Enjoy worshiping. Just enjoy leading, enjoy singing and playing your instrument for God. Like just enjoy that, enjoy the gift of that. Do, do your best at it, be intentional at it, but don't, don't carry the weight that you have to change someone's life right. um, because only God can do that. And so that's only not God. your job. And yes, we plan, we do our best to create atmospheres and experiences that encourage worship. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's not your responsibility of what happens inside someone or how they outwardly respond in worship, which this is an interesting catch because sometimes it is way too easy for us as worship leaders to walk off stage after a set and think things like, man, no one was singing or no one was raising their hands or clapping. Like that was dead. What did we do wrong? Did we sound bad? Did I pick the wrong songs? Mm -hmm. You maybe did pick the wrong songs if they're not singing with you. But yeah. the danger, though, of that logic is that it means that when people are engaged and singing and raising their hands and clapping, you think it's because of you. Mm -hmm. So the flip side of that is the, that the reverse of it is very dangerous because we think it's because of us. So we can't we can't be thinking that it's our responsibility of like how people are being stirred or how they're responding. Yeah. Um, so that's the first part of it. And that's like the, it's not your job to change hearts. Now go to the beginning part of that sentence, which I said, it's your job to lead. And this one's a little prickly, mm -hmm. um, but it's your job. And so take it seriously. Mm -hmm. I, this is not just a total fun time to, as a musician to roll in and just play music and leave. Like, this is kind of like grab your guitar, grab your, grab your brown bag. You're heading to work. This is your job. Yeah. 
take it seriously. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what people are going to totally think about this, but I'll say that I, I personally don't think that Sunday morning is your time for your personal worship time. Mm-hmm. You've got six other days during the week to do that. You've got on Sunday morning, 30 minutes with people to take them on a journey to encounter the presence of God. That's your job. Mm-hmm. And if I'm just going because it's like, this is just my personal worship time. Everybody just watch me worship. That's not, you're not doing your job then. You've got 200 people staring back at you being like, lead me. Where are we, where are we going? How, how do we do this? What does it mean? Uh, you know, I mean, so, so take it seriously. It's a, it's a, it's a responsibility and it's, and it's great though. Now here's the other thing about it's a job. It's a job. And sometimes yeah, it is hard. Yeah, we can burn out. Yes, it's emotional and dramatic sometimes. Yes, we might can't stand our coworkers. Yes, it's overwhelming and stressful at times. But keep perspective that that's a job. And just about everyone in your congregation also experiences those things at their jobs. Right. So, and I say this because I think sometimes as worship leaders, we can kind of complain. We can get into this melancholy, like, oh, I'm just so burnt out. I'm going to quit my job. And, oh, I'm just stressed out. Easter, right. blah, blah, blah. I have it so hard. Woe is me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm kind of saying like, suck it up in some ways. Like, yes, I know it's hard, but let's, but get the, there, there actually are way worse things we could be doing. Like the amazing thing is that we get to play an instrument. We get to sing, we get to play music for a living. Right. How cool is that? Right. You get to write songs for a living. You get to, I mean, I mean, everybody's worship job is different. And a lot of people carry many other hats, like they're leading the worship ministry or the children's ministry as well, or who knows what. Right. Um, and I don't say this to be like tough, but I do think what I'm trying to say is just that let's just keep perspective that first of all, there are worse things we could be doing <laughs> for a job. Right. Um people in your congregation are probably also experiencing this kind of stuff at their job. And so this can maybe even be something you can relate to people on. This goes back to the relational piece. Right. And let's just keep perspective in that. So it's your job to lead, take it seriously, do it well, do it the best you can, but it's also not your job to actually change people's hearts. I think it's good that you're tough. You know, I don't think we should, I think, and I know you weren't apologizing for this, but I think, I've been around enough people like, sorry, I just want to say something hard for you. No, say it. I think yeah. my parents would have been probably even tougher on me and they were tough. Yeah. But we actually, um, we were in San Diego last week and we were having lunch with some pastor friends of ours and um, they're a little bit older than us, you know, so they're of that generation that my husband and I would have served under and you know that one well, right? Yeah. You just show up and shut up and just do your yeah, job. Just you know? do it. Yeah. This generation, you know, they'd probably be a little bit crying and, you know, yeah, I know, you know, millennials and, you know, Gen Z or Zers, Zers. I know you're listening and I, and I love you so much. I love every generation yeah. so much and we're called to walk together, not alone. But um, he was telling us this story about how some of his worship team was like, Oh, we're so tired. We're so tired. Yeah. He's like suck it up and play that guitar. I'm tired. And I'm like yeah. dying laughing, you know? And I get, cause you're like, we're going to burn out. He's like, you're not going to burn out. He's like, you're not even close to like burnout. You don't even know what burnout is, you know? And yeah. I kind of laughed and I know his heart. So I, I can laugh at this and I certainly wouldn't want any, I would not want to preach a burnout message, but I think something that we have to really be careful and the antidote for this 
is like grumbling can lead to burnout because when we get into a place of grumbling, yeah, we're totally losing access to the grace of God. Yeah. You know, yeah. but when we're thankful, yeah. you know, and you're talking about like, this is our job. Like this is our calling. This is our ministry. This is what God's grace for. Like, do you yeah. know that you have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this? Like most of yeah. us are living in North America. Like guys, we got it good. Yeah. We got it really, really good. But we have to work an extra eight shifts or not eight shifts. My goodness, an extra shift because, you know, housing prices are going up or whatever. We're yeah. still blessed. Like we're yeah. so blessed. We get to do this. Yeah. We're living and it's amazing how when we, our perspective changes, like you were talking about, like just that Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, that gratitude and outflows the grace, you know, and we've been running into this a little bit with some of our next gen and our next gen team at church is like, they're amazing. Like they, they really, really are. I feel like we've just won the lottery um, with all of them, but this is kind of what we've had to talk to them about, you know, like, they're like, Oh, I need time off. And like this and that, and like, we're at it. You know, I, I want yeah. people, I want people to have time on the floor, not just serving every Sunday if they can, you know, to be worshiping yeah. the Lord. But I said, guys, I have to be honest with you. And I said, I don't think I'm some sort of special superhero. I said, I think I've almost, and I can stand before the Lord and even say this again to you today, Matt. I think I've almost served every Sunday of my life since I started (laughs) on some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever shown up and been like, oh man, it sucks to serve Jesus today. Yeah. This sure sucks to love people today. You know, like if I can say it like that, it was kind of sounds terrible, but you know what I'm trying to say. And you've probably had a day off right in the week. So it's almost like the Sunday for us is kind of like a Wednesday for other people. Like, yeah, just like most people work a Wednesday every single day of their life. (laughs) Totally. But for us, that's Sunday job. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love where you're going with all this and you know, you and I can get chatting and then we get on tangents, but yeah, I just do think that I've, I've been surprised and it does seem like there's an increasing amount of worship leaders complaining about burnout or stressed or overwhelmed mm-hmm. and i don't know maybe that's just like the the creative like melancholy kind of person but i kind of just want to be like all right you're not like laying bricks in the hot sun all day long you're not like the guy who's like mowing my lawn actually right now and he's probably mowed like 10 lawns today already and right. it's like you have it actually pretty good. And we just need to like, remember that like, man, it's a huge blessing. We get to like play music totally. for a living. I, That's a musician's dream. So many musicians like totally. don't make any money making music and they want to, but if you're like, yeah. and I guess I'm now talking to staff worship leaders, but Oh man, we could just keep going on this one, but I get it. But I do want to, I do want to chime in on this if I can. And you're talking, yeah. we're talking about complaining a little bit. I don't think this is where it's going, but just to add to a little bit about this is I think that we have to be careful, you guys, that yeah. we don't adopt behavior and yeah. attitudes of the culture because there is, there is yeah. an attitude today. There is behavior stuff that has happened post pandemic. If I can say it like that, and you can be like, I don't want to talk about the pandemic anymore. Well, as a pastor, I'm still walking hundreds of people through this. You know, I'm still walking myself through some of this stuff that I've seen in my heart, like creating me a clean heart. Like, where has this anger come from? Or where has this frustration come from? But I spoke a message in church a few weeks ago and it was on Thanksgiving. 
and uh, I did it. I wanted, I was going to be a medical doctor. So I love science. And so I started getting to a bit of all the science of complaining. And you guys, did you know that complaining actually, actually, and a lot of you could be like, well, of course I knew that. Well, I didn't know this, but actually, if I'll just say it clearly and quickly, is it can actually cause brain damage. Just gonna say it. it actually can cause brain damage. And of course, as I'm studying this, my whole family's like, don't say that you're gonna give me brain damage. I'm like, okay, wow. guys, just like stop. But it actually rewires your brain because what happens is it'll rewire your brain to be negative, but your brain's smart. So it's trying to get to the next thing quicker. So every time we complain, every time we adopt a negative attitude, we're quicker to have that pattern. But the opposite is true. So when we're quicker to be thankful, when we're quicker to say good things, our brain is equally smart. It's the synapses. It's trying to make a shorter distance from here to there as we'll begin to adopt that. So where we can think of complaining again, and I said this a few minutes ago, um, it negates us access to the grace of God where thanksgiving mm. releases the grace of God. And I'm not wow. here to preach that message, but you know, loaves and fish, there's a whole message there with, yeah, Eucharistio and Karis and all that, um, where it actually brings us into the grace of God, where we're able now to more easily get into the flow of being mm. children of God and to be able to carry what God's called us to carry and do the things yeah. that he's called us to do. So these attitudes and these behaviors, guys, let's be careful what we adopt, Yeah, you know, and be careful what we what we allow yeah. and maybe just like listen to yourself for a couple of minutes or, you know, then maybe listen to, you know, just, or ask your friends, have you been complaining a lot lately? Like, what do I yeah. sound like to you? Do I sound like a gong or am I sounding like the love of God to you? Am I sounding yeah. full of life? Um, but anyway, yeah. so yeah. And I think kind of got on a tangent there, but. That's where I've really in the past couple of years been really trying to practice more of the be slow to speak. Right piece yeah. and it is kind of the filter like before yeah. you say something really think about okay is this am i complaining is this negative is this gonna how is this gonna make everyone around me feel yeah is it necessary which some of these people some people listening to this are like oh man he probably should have thought about that before he brought up that last point about no it was great <laughs> um, we but, need that um you know the last thing i'll say and it's not has anything to do with this but last tip i would say on monday turn off your phone like really completely disconnect. I can't even believe how rejuvenating it is to have your phone off and in a yeah. drawer where you're kind of unreachable. Right. There is, when you do this for a few times, you'll start to panic a little bit. Right. And you'll probably even start feeling impulses to like go grab it and see what's going on, see what you're missing out on. Mm -hmm. But if you can resist that and actually do it, it's, you will find so much refreshment in your spirit mm -hmm. you're going to start noticing things that you never noticed before sounds in nature or things in your kids or you have much deeper uh, conversation with your spouse or your friends or just turn your phone off for a day it is not going to kill you people can if they need to find you they'll find you <laughs> if something happens that they need to get a hold of you or find you it'll happen um I also, I also love thinking about that, about the news. I like actually don't read the news anymore because I'm like, you know what? If something's really important that I need to know, I'm going to probably hear people talking about it. A friend's yes. going to tell me or someone at the coffee shop is going to like yes. bring it up. If it's really that important, um, I'll hear about it. But I don't need to be like 
reading and digging in the dumpster for like <laughs> stuff. So all to say, just turn your phone off on Monday. I think you will find immense rejuvenation. Totally. It'll help you. And what a way to start your week off. Yeah. So good. I took, I took the news app off my phone four, four months ago. Yeah. Didn't miss it at all. Actually, I was in my last podcast before you and I get a, on the family group chat and I can see it going because I had to put do not disturb on my yeah. computer. But it's like, I think the queen's going to die any moment. I'm like, the queen's going to die? Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I'm just like so out of yeah. touch yeah. with the world. And uh, sadly, it's funny. She, yeah. Sadly, she did die. I know. Um, it's right before family. I hopped on this with you. Yeah. I was upstairs and my wife was like, did you hear the queen died? And I had no idea. I was completely right. shocked. I did. And I didn't either. So you'll, you'll hear the news that's important. That's right. It'll get to you. It will find you. It will find you. But mostly we they don't, don't need to know down. about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't hunt it down. Let other people hunt that down. <laughs> okay. I want to add one before we go. Can I? Because yep. you said something and it made me think of something. And this has been coming up a lot lately that I'm just hearing in different things. And um, one of the young men sharing, we had a two for 12 on Sunday. We usually do five for five, five speakers, five minutes, but we did two for 12 as people are getting better. Yeah. You know, cause we're working yeah. on okay, Jake and Jen. We'd love to have a Sunday that we could go away. Yeah. Right. You know, when you're just like yep. church planning and all those things. And um, I had the thought and it's not the first time I had the thought, but this might help some people that are wanting to be in ministry. You don't have to be paid and on staff to be in the ministry. Boom. Mm. Be set free in Jesus' name. Yep. That's okay? true. I think sometimes we're waiting for that pot of gold moment to come. Yep. And I see a lot of despondency in people being like, oh, it never happened. It never came. Because you want this like 40-hour yeah. yeah. a week job right. in a church to be right. validated. And somehow that's the pinnacle in your life that I've arrived. And now I'm in full-time ministry. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You are who you are by the grace of God. Yeah. And his grace towards you is not in vain. Just pick up a broom, pick up a microphone, you know, unlock the door, be the first person to show up, last person to leave, whatever you have to do. If you're called to the ministry, just be used and be ready to be used by the Lord. Yeah. Right. That's it. And you're yeah. going to find more fulfillment. You're probably going to find more open doors and yep. all of that, because you're going to come into a rhythm of rest in your life, you know, because you're going to be walking in your identity and the calling that God has for you. So don't, don't just wait. Don't wait for a pulpit to open up. Just start serving. You're in the ministry. Right. And take any role that you can get. <laughs> yes. Fill any, any role that needs to be filled. And done it all, man. Done it all. I think I've done it all. I know. Yeah. yeah. As a pastor, you've probably, yeah, you've done it all. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you too. So great chat, Matt. Guys, yeah. I hope that some of this has blessed you, maybe unlocked you, maybe settled some things in your heart. Maybe it's left you with more questions. If it's left you with more questions, shoot us an email at hello at worshipleaderscollective.com. We'd totally love to hear from you. Reach out to Matt, follow Matt, follow Loop Community. Uh, yep. We're part of Worship Innovators. So we got Worship Innovators Conference coming up in Chicago. It's going to be awesome. In October. And uh, we'll all be there. And uh, Matt and the team, I'll be. You guys should all come. Which, you by the way, for some reason, this gets released before the conference. Uh, if you guys want to come to the conference, email me. Which, by the way, anybody can email me about anything we've talked about today, too. If you just email yeah. me, Matt, Matt at loopcommunity.com is my email address. 
shoot me an email. And if you're wanting to come to worship innovators too, shoot me an email and I'll get you like a major discounted ticket. <laughs> We'd love to just have you there. So if you're willing to make the trek yeah. out to Chicago and be there, just email me and we're going to, we'll make it happen for you. So. It'll be awesome. Okay. Appreciate you, Matt. Yep. Thanks for the chat today. Yep. Good to see you, Jenny. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.